0: Hello, everybody. This is another edition of Forward Maryland. Welcome. My name is Bill Woodcock. Today is Sunday, March the 10th. Here's what's going on. First off, I would like to thank the good folks at the Columbia Best Buy uh, for their assistance and aid in making sure that this podcast could continue to come to you, the true believers out there in listener land. Uh, I had a calamity on uh, Friday, uh, which uh, required heroic um, techniques and methods to be uh, engaged in order to allow for this fine podcast to continue to come to you, uh, i.e. laptop death. And the uh, folks at Columbia Best Buy came through hard. Uh, I was able to uh, be up and running again the same day, which, uh, besides helping out this uh, this great podcast, uh, helped me out in many other ways, too. So my gratitude to the good uh, members of the Geek Squad there, uh, nice people, and um, the service was top-notch and everything was wonderful. Also would like to remind folks of the upcoming live shows at the Chrysalis Amphitheater in downtown Columbia. The first live show is also is actually going to be a dark show. Uh, A dark show is a term used to describe a a show that's uh, being done as a shakedown um, so that we can capture the proper production values for the podcast Uh, So it will be going on on March the 23rd, which is Saturday, so that will be coming out later in the day. Uh, It's going to be, of course, done at the Chrysalis, and the guest will be the uh, president and CEO of the Inner Arbor Trust, the uh, nonprofit that uh, is in charge of developing the arts community, Uh, around uh, Meriwether Park at Symphony Woods, and her name is Nina Basu. So uh, we're very thankful to have Nina come. Also, as I will continue to mention, full disclosure, I'm also a board member of the trust, and um, very happy to be sharing uh, with a broader listenership, a broader audience, what the trust is, what the chrysalis is, what the... uh, what the park around the Merriweather Post Pavilion is. There's going to be much more than just woods, uh, although there's still going to be woods, and uh, what the long-term vision is there and uh, how uh, how the trust works to help build a vibrant and uh, arts-friendly and arts-accessible downtown Columbia and Howard County. So we're very happy to uh, have that happening. So, um you know, only two weeks away. So, also, I'm um, proud to announce the first sponsor for this fine podcast. Uh, I do not go out and seek sponsors, um, but this sponsor was easy to seek because the sponsor is me. Um, As many people know who are listening to this podcast, I have a uh, business doing personal and life coaching. Uh, If you go to www.williamwoodcock.com, you will find my uh, business website. So uh, my coaching and consulting business has become a sponsor of this podcast, which is just awesome. Uh, so thank you, me. Uh, good job, me. I'm very much thankful to me for having this happen. And uh, I can expect a long partnership between this podcast and me. So um, um, onward we go. The topic matter for tonight. There are three things in the state of Maryland that I believe that if you are not aware of, and if you don't know that these things are going on, then um, as uh, as public enemy said, you're blind, you're blind, baby, to the facts about who you are, because you're just sitting there listening to that garbage, and that would be from the great song, living, um, we what. No, not living on a black planet. The album was Fear of a Black Planet. The song was He Watched Channel Zero. So get it right. Don't be blind about who you are because you're sitting there watching that garbage. These are the three things you need to know. Um, The House of Delegates this past week passed a very emotional and very divisive piece of legislation. Uh, My understanding from uh, members of the House of Delegates, uh, who I know, is that this was one of the most uh, passionate and most meaningful votes that these folks have ever taken in their political careers. And what this vote was, was the uh, aid and dying bill. So um, that is what it, suggests it is a bill that would allow terminally ill patients uh, to obtain prescription drugs that they could take to then end their lives uh, peacefully. And, uh, you know, some have also called this death with dignity. Uh, The vote was 74 to 66. So considering that 71 votes is needed to pass, uh, that's uh, pretty incredible. It's pretty divisive. It was indeed divisive amongst both parties. And also look at the vote total. There were 140 votes cast. There are only 141 delegates in the General Assembly. So everybody except for one person voted. So, um, you know, this was a very meaningful piece of legislation. Um You know, it's my personal belief that 50, 100 years from now, um, a ceremony to allow for somebody to die a dignified death, as opposed to, say, a death where they're hooked up to machinery in a vegetative state, uh, otherwise, you know, with no hope for recovery or resuscitation. um, I, I have a feeling that there will be ceremonies about that, just as we today celebrate births, celebrate marriages, uh, celebrate other graduations, other great uh, rites of passing. um, I believe that something called a living funeral will, will be a thing, uh, a memorial around someone's actual passing. I I believe that will be a thing. And um, this bill, um, you know, brings that closer to reality, brings the fact that somebody can have a death with dignity closer to reality. And, um, you know, I, uh, you know, having had the experience of a, a grandmother who is 90 years old, um, of failing body and mind, um, great spirit. I'm not sure that this is something that she ever would have chosen for herself, Um, but it would have been good for her to have had that option. Um, and it would have been good for her to have had something to think about, uh, in terms of whether or not that was an option for her. So, uh, I, I think that this, uh, bill is timely. I think it's appropriate. I think it's needed and, uh, I'm glad that it passed. So, uh, thank you to, uh, One of my state delegates, uh, Shane Pendergrass from District 13 in Howard County, for being a co-sponsor on this, along with Delegate Pena Milnick. And, um, you know, hopefully this will uh, go on to the Senate and go on to the governor's um, desk for signature. So uh, that's one thing. Uh, The other two things um, are not so much policy things as they are back into the world of politics. Uh, One, um, you should be aware that um, there is the possibility of a special session brewing of the Maryland General Assembly. Uh, As you know, uh, the General Assembly uh, has to draw uh, districts Uh, after the, for the 2020 election, um, based on, um, you know, not based on the census, but based on uh, what's going on for the, uh, with the gerrymandering lawsuit. So the congressional map has to go before uh, a, uh, has to be redrawn at some point. So the assembly, it's becoming increasingly likely that the Assembly is going to meet to approve a new congressional map for 2020 this summer. So will we see the end of Maryland District 3, which looks like a bug splattered on a windshield? Um, Very likely, but who knows? Will we see the end of a uh, congressional map that is has seven, um, seven districts very finely uh, laid out for Democrats and one for Republican, a district that stretches from Carroll County all the way down the eastern shore to Somerset and Dorchester County, because don't you know those communities have lots in common? Uh, who knows what we're going to see, but uh, it is going to be, uh, it is gonna be something, and it is going to be the first test of many redistricting battles to come, not just on the state level, but also on the local level in the state of Maryland, because Republicans are going to use redistricting to try to get back as much as they can. And uh, with respect to this congressional map, I think it's only going to be a foreshadow of what's going to happen with the state map. Uh, when Governor Hogan gets with the leaders of the legislature and everybody else who's going to have a hand in that decision and figure out how those 47 districts are going to be drawn. So uh, the first salvo of the redistricting war of 2020-2021 is actually coming this summer, so stay tuned for more details. The third and final thing I have to share and this, uh, you know, this falls into Bill's world of speculation, but, uh, there was a very famous, uh, Democrat in Annapolis last week to, um, celebrate the career of Senate President Mike Miller and to, uh, preside, uh, as it were over a meeting of, uh, Maryland senators past and present. And that was former President Bill Clinton, um, I remember the second time I met, uh, then governor Clinton when he was running for president in 1992. Uh, as many people know, I was very, uh, I was on board very early in his campaign from literally his, uh, presidential, uh, announcement or rather his first speech outlining his presidential platform at Georgetown university in, uh, DC. And, um, I had the honor of uh, meeting President Clinton and speaking with him um, more than several times uh, during the eight years that he was in the White House. So it was uh, it was a wonderful time. And um, he was so he was in. So uh, he was in Annapolis um, talking with uh, many, many senators past and present. And uh, there was one picture that was very interesting. And that was a picture of. Uh, Former President Clinton, uh, I think it's still okay to call him President Clinton, by the way, he still held the office, Uh, but sitting down and talking to Governor Hogan, and uh, one would have to wonder what he's talking with him about, and, you know, Bill Clinton as governor of Arkansas was not exactly a favorite for the Democratic nomination. Um, That was supposed to be uh, a Richard Gephardt, a Dick Gephardt, Al Gore, Mario Cuomo, maybe Jesse Jackson, um, Paul Songus. You know, these were the uh, heavier hitters, the front runners, Bob Carey, the former senator from Nebraska, Tom Harkin, the former senator from uh, uh, Iowa. These were the people who were supposed to be the front runners in 1992, not this uh, not this senator from Arkansas, Bill Clinton, who had given this long rambling speech four years prior at the Democratic convention. He was not supposed to have a chance. and He won. And so here we have Larry Hogan thinking about what may sound like a fool's errand, taking on Donald Trump and the Republican presidential primaries. And no one's giving him a chance. So uh, who knows what fly was on that wall? Who knows? Maybe maybe the president was out there trying to get Larry to change parties and turn Democrat. Because God knows the Republican Party's uh, turn and tail on him. But uh, the uh, reddening of the Republican Party is going to be a, uh, a topic of discussion for the next episode. Because there are some interesting things going on in both Howard and Anne Arundel County that you should know about Mr. and Mrs. Maryland. So until then, uh, look for that episode in the next couple days. And until then, this has been Bill Woodcock for Forward Maryland. Have a great start to your week. Take care.